And now, Dan Happel's Connecting the Dots. If tomorrow all the things were gone, I'd work for all my life. And I had to start again with just my children and my wife. I thank my lucky stars to be living here today. Where the flag still stands for freedom and they can't take that away. The men who died, who gave that right to me, and I gladly stand up next to you and defend her still today. Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the USA. God bless the USA. Well, happy Easter and welcome to Connecting the Dots. We're going to have a great program today. I'm really excited about this. I've been looking forward to having uh, Sarah Westall. She is a really experienced and dynamic podcaster and has a a great program with a great subscribership. And uh, she's a successful entrepreneur. She's owned multiple businesses over a 25-year career. She has, uh, she's an IT expert. She's worked in uh, marketing in the software industry, and she is going to be our guest today to talk about uh, high-tech and big-tech influence on elections and all the things that are going on this week in uh, Washington, D.C., and in New York City. We're going to be talking about the attacks on the Trump administration. And in the second half, and I think David might join us even a little earlier than that, but uh, we've got our friend David Summerall is going to come on because I want him to get to know Sarah. I want Sarah to get to know David because I'm telling you, they, they would make a great pair talking about the influences of the uh, political class and how they've destroyed the election process. So anyway, Sarah, I want to welcome you to the program. Happy Easter, and thank you for being our guest. Sure I am. There we go. Thank you for having me here. I didn't know I was on mute. Well, oh. it's great to see you, Happy and thank Easter. you for coming and joining me. Um, I had the great pleasure of joining Sarah about a month ago. We did a uh, podcast on her network, and I got a chance to be an interview with her. And thank you for returning the favor. I'm really looking forward to this because I did not realize how much expertise you had on the area of big tech and the influences on the election and all this information. And I started going back and looking at some of your programs and getting a little bit more information on your background. And wow, you're a powerhouse. You really have a lot going. So thank you for joining us. Let's uh, 
let's start the conversation. You've seen what's been happening this last week with uh, the indictment of Donald Trump in uh, the Manhattan uh, court. And all I can say is that what a travesty we have in this country, the way that they are attacking Donald Trump. And as I said earlier, it's not about really as much Donald Trump, it's about globalism because he's an anti-globalist and he is a nationalist and he believes in the United States of America as a constitutional republic and they hate that. So let's uh, go ahead and get started. You, you take it wherever you want to. Well, they're willing to take it farther than they've ever had. I mean, they've never done this to a U.S. president. And they sealed the indictment. So we don't even know what it is because what we believe it is, what they've leaked to the press, is misdemeanor charges that are past the statute of limitations. So we don't know, right? I mean, we they have to unseal it. It's it's absurdity. And I don't and then they want to wait until December. And I think this is the Trump. The Trump um, team wanna, wants to wait as long as possible. I think they think it helps their campaign. And so they want to stretch it out because they want they want to push it out past December. And the, the other side wants to do it in December. I just don't think it's good for the American people to have that lingering over us without understanding what's in those indictments and and what is out in the public that it's past the statute of limitations and it's misdemeanor charges. I mean, that's what we all know past the indictment or past the uh, the sealed part. And I just think it's it uh, causes instability, more instability in the American public. I think it's uh, uh, it's reckless. It's the it's it's horrible stewardship of the country doing that because it creates instability and they don't seem to care. I mean, you know, whatever. <laughs> well, you know, they they claim there's 34 criminal charges, uh, but at the same time, as you say, they, they haven't outlined one single criminal charge that uh, has any validity to it. They, well, and, that's past the statute of limitations, while, meanwhile, where there are serious criminal charges against Biden and the Biden family, Mm-hmm. And they're doing nothing. I mean, these are serious ones. And, you know, the, the we have the the book, the Biden's laptop, uh, and it, you know, I had Garrett Ziegler on, and he sent me a couple copies of his book that went to the entire Congress. Mm-hmm. The the crimes that are federal, you know, felonies that are in this book that are laid out with detail that it's court ready, prosecution ready. That's sitting there while they're going after Trump. So it's very, it creates an unstable situation because it's the un, the, it's so unfair. The hypocrisy is so enormous that it, it creates a lot of anger. And maybe that's what they want. You know, I mean, these they really work hard to manipulate the American public. And unfortunately, too many people are easily manipulated. And we, we have to be careful because that's what they're doing to people. No, I think you're right, Sarah. And the sad part about that is you're right. There's an awful lot of people that will go along with this sort of thing. But see, we've got now, we know that we've got the CBDC rollout. We've got the 
collapse of the economy and the works right. right now. We know that's going to be coming this summer. Uh, we know that there's going to be an incredible amount of world instability. Of course, we've got, uh, you know, the O'Biden administration trying to start every war they can uh, think of uh, attacking Russia. Now we get the notice that uh, Finland has joined NATO. I mean, good Lord, you can't, you can't make this stuff up. And it's like they, they're, they're trying to snowball all this stuff so that they can get the American people so confused and so frustrated and so afraid and I guarantee you they're going to roll out Marburg or some other crappy deal, uh, trying to get everybody to go along with whatever they want to do to roll us into the new world order. And but I think Trump has a responsibility to, to, to put an end to this stuff and stop this stuff right now. And I mean, I think he could. I think his legal team could do that. Well, I yeah, I don't know why... I think the courts are very corrupt. I think we're dealing with a um, a system that's been so infiltrated. And, and you know, I I've been fighting the free speech side of the house lately uh, because you know you look at an octopus that has all these tentacles. You see the CBDCs that are going through. You see the um, the court systems that are corrupt. You see the election system that's corrupt. You see the COVID. You know, millions of people are suffering alone with no mercy with the COVID situation. I mean, it's all these tech, you know, the who wanting to take over and globalize healthcare after they've totally fouled up the last three years and killed millions of people worldwide. They they want to, it's all these tentacles on an octopus and I see the free speech being kind of the center of all of that because if we, if they shut us down and our ability to communicate and only it'll be between maybe some patriot groups and underground and stuff, they will be able to steamroll their entire agenda through. If we can keep the lights on and we can communicate with as many people as possible, then we can mobilize and we can fight these things. And that's why I've been focused on free speech because I see it as it's, it's not a sexy issue right and it's it's a secondary issue meaning that it, it's what causes all these other things that's why george washington said if you <laughs> take away our free speech it's silence and what do you say silent and dumb to the slaughter i don't know something like that because basically you you can't fight any issue right you can't we can't address anything and that's why i'm so concerned about the latest legislation that's going through in Washington, because that's what they're trying to do. They want to cram these CBDCs through, which are, you know, that is one of the worst, the WHO and the CBDCs, those combination of things are some of the worst things that could ever happen to mankind, right? I mean, it would, it'll be awful. But if we don't keep the lights on, we can't fight it. That's right. why I'm trying to keep the lights on, you know, mm -hmm. with my United for Free Speech and the censored conference that we've been doing. Well, I, you know, that's the important thing, too, is keep the lights on. We've got to make sure that we are clear in the fact that what we're doing is defending the traditional constitutional American system of equal rights and justice under the law. 
and that the people that are trying to shut all this down and create all the problems that they are, are the ones that want to destroy what this country stood for and well, stands for. I agree. And they don't have, I mean, I don't even know what they stand for. I mean, we have millions of people who are suffering from COVID and, you know, from the jab, not from COVID, from mm -hmm. the jab, the biological weapon that they put through. They, they, they're so like lost and so caught up in their own, whether the sheep are so caught up in not being wrong. The people who are useful idiots are so caught up in pushing their agendas that they're willing to ignore these millions of people that are suffering. So we're dealing with the psychosis on top of this, but that's because they've been manipulated so much they, because society, these people are so easy to manipulate. And if we, I mean, that's what we're going to end up dealing with. If the lights go off with what they want to do and they want to shut this down, we're going to deal with all these people who have been so manipulated, so brainwashed, and it, it'll be almost unbearable for the rest of us that are that really value freedom. You know, it'll get to the point where we're going to be in our little little communities and stuff and try to remain as free as possible but the regular masses won't be. I mean, our constitution will be over and mm -hmm. it, it, we won't be what we, we once were. It'll be a very sad day if we don't, if we can't mobilize and fight this. And every single person needs to be out there on the front lines fighting this. And a lot of people say they don't know what to do. And so they have to figure out what it is they can help most with. Do you, do you know, do you work for a bank? Do you know stuff about CBDCs? You know, the bankers all got together and said the CBDC is the worst thing that could ever happen. Banks can be on the side of the people and, you know, the community banks and all this thing. This is going to be horrible for us because we will not be able to have these one-on-one -on -one relationships and investing back into the, the communities. It'll destroy our communities. Mm -hmm. If you are uh, familiar with, I mean, I don't, election, if you can go be an election judge, if you can, whatever you can do to help the cause, because without it, you know, knock on doors, help your neighbors understand what's really going on here so that there is an upswell. I mean, we need to have, they need to know. Like I, I was talking to Dr. Uh, Rima, who owns a, you know, she has the Rima Institute in Chile, and she's been fighting the mm -hmm. World Health Organization. And she, we had a really good conversation the other day, just, you know, we had a meeting and, you know, she was telling me about all these different cases where the people stood up. A lot of people around the world are standing up and in some of these socialist countries are standing up more than here. I mean, well, for some reason, people are really standing down here, but she was telling me that these people, these tyrants, when the people stand up in large enough numbers and they say, hell no, don't you dare pretty much like they, 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 they're a wall saying you are not going here. They back down, mm -hmm. but we have to do it together and say, this is not mm -hmm. going to happen here. Not on our watch. It's not happening. And if we have enough of us that step up together, you don't have to do it violently, but you have to do it. And yeah. they back down because yeah. they know how serious you are. But I don't know if we're to that point yet. You know, we don't have the, the numbers yet. I think a lot of people are um, paralysis. I don't know. They're sitting at home yeah. watching all of these this information. 
but they haven't been motivated. We aren't mobilized out there in large enough numbers. And I know that, you know, Trump won in a landslide. We know that anybody who looked at the actual numbers know that Trump won in a landslide. And so people came out to vote, but we need that same kind of mobilization for coming out and fighting for your rights. Mm -hmm. I mean, Trump, if he gets in, he it's going to be much harder. Let's say he is the guy we think he is. I don't know if he is or not. Okay. I'm going to be honest. I don't know. He's a politician. There's questions. Let's hope he is. But if, if all of us were out there fighting, he can do the job we hope he can do, but without us out there supporting him, he's not going to be able to do it. We already saw what happened with the, the election process. You need everyone. And, and it has to be united across the aisle. It can't be, this can't be a, democrat republican thing we really got to get past that we got to get to this is basic freedom guys this is the end of a civilized society as we know it if we don't fight together on these issues and i i don't think that people have come to, they're still in their camps of democrat republican have not come to the, the realization that this is much bigger than democrat republican and we really got to break those walls down and say this is about basic freedom and basic survival of our our traditions. I mean, are we? Do we really want to have a global dictatorship? I mean, th- that it has to be. That is the. That'll be the worst government you could possibly have. Mm-hmm. And absolutely. And and you're right. But I, uh, you know, they've done a good job of of uh, slicing and dicing society. You know, they 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 uh, separate us by race, by sex, by uh, every conceivable thing that they can. They try to identify individual groups and uh, get them in conflict with one another. That's a that's, perfect, right. that's the way Marxism works. That's how communism and therefore globalism, because communism and Marxism is only a tool for the globalists. Ultimately, they want to live under a feudal system. And, you know, a handful of big bankers and ultra-rich people will own and control everything, and the rest of us will just be serfs. And But the, yeah. but the communists and the Marxists don't have enough sense to understand their... They're cannon fodder, just like the rest of us are going to That's be right. cannon fodder. And it's not really, I'm going to say it's more like the Nazi regime um, in the sense that it's more technocracy and mm-hmm. it's more of a, um, with this advanced technology that we have, they, they're more technocrats and, but it's the same sort of deal. They, they want to rule and, you know, COVID was a use of tech technocracy. Nothing made sense, but this, the, but the science behind it wasn't the science that COVID was a problem. The science was how to manipulate us to do what they wanted us to do. So the technocratic science process and why, you know, how you can say that they were science-based, it was the manipulation of the people that was science-based. It's their processes that are science-based. It's their eugenics programs that are science-based, not what they feed us. What they feed us are lies and BS. But the the population, you know, the depopulation and the construction of society is science based for their needs, and that's for their control. And again, to get 
more where the communism ties in is it's so that they can rule. So communism is a tool uh, for that, but it's to get to their technocratic society where they manage everything from a cold science standpoint. I'm a scientist, my background, I'm a mathematician scientist. And uh, so, you know, I see how they're doing that, but they also have weaponized psychology, weaponized some of these other science, they weaponized religion, they've weaponized all these things to gear and sheep manipulate people into their end game of controlling all of us. And you can see it through, once you understand some of these, the things that they're doing, I mean, COVID, Anybody that could open their eyes, COVID was a great education for a lot of people because we got to see mass murder on, we got to see mass genocide on a worldwide level. And anybody who can still critically think got to see what these people were about. And that should scare the hell out of everyone. I wasn't as scared as a virus as I was, you know, at the very beginning, COVID didn't scare me. What scared me was their input, their what they were doing? The fact that they were able to get all of these countries around the world to walk in lockstep to do something that was very detrimental to their communities, and mm-hmm. they're still trying to do that. That is a scary problem. So if that doesn't wake you up, I mean, I don't know. And it's from both sides of the aisle. There's a lot of people mm-hmm. who um, I work with who are walkaway Democrats. And there's a lot of people that I talk to who are Republicans, who are Fox News enthusiasts, who have no clue about what I'm talking about. Fox News didn't even talk about the World Economic Forum until a year ago. I mean, they ignored it for years when it was so obvious that the World Economic Forum, who has every leader of every country and every large major corporation is part of that organization, and they don't even talk about it. Telling you, you know, it's both sides that are problems. So that's why we have to unite over basic freedoms. They're not as yeah, bad. Yeah, and that's a sometimes. Well, that's a that's know. a perfect uh, that's a perfect. I guess what I would call a catalyzer for uh, for the whole movement is the fact that it, it's not about parties. It's not about individuals. It's not about uh, whether or not we're going to uh, be unhappy with a particular group, it's do we love freedom? Do we That's understand right. that the bottom line is, is we're going to live in, as you say, a technocracy that will control literally everything we do, we eat, we see, we hear everything from the time we're born until the time we die and we'll have absolutely no free choice at all none we'll be children you know i mean i will be slaves for their system i don't know they'll have freedom the 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 most powerful people will have freedom to make decisions they'll be able to operate they already operate above the law now with all these immunity clauses if you don't follow Corey Diggs she's done these amazing uh research uh, investigative journalism and these articles where she's looked at all these immunity clauses that are worldwide with all these different organizations that operate above the law worldwide and they've created this whole network that's what they're trying to do with you know they did it with the section 230 with big tech where they operate with immunity to do whatever they want. Section 230, it was 
they bamboozled the Congress or some of the people who actually still aren't blackmailed to to put Section 230. It made sense as far as a way for them to not just be clobbered and destroyed by every single thing that happened and also be able to implement, you know, keep away. If you read the details of it, they wanted to curb pedophilia and they wanted to be able to have more freedom on the internet. Instead, they've used it as a grand immunity clause so that no matter what they do, whether it's theft, whether it's protecting pornography, whether it's um, partnering with the World Health Organization like Google is, whether it's a proxy as a government organization, they use it, our justice system is so corrupt that is anybody that goes against anybody that's in big tech, they can throw 230 and then everything is thrown out of court. <laughs> And so it's this big, huge immunity um, clause so they can do anything they want against mm -hmm. the American people. We have a brain dead justice system who are, are creating laws or are, are upholding laws, are creating their own prison. You know, they're building up mm -hmm. these bricks. I watch, you know, it's like a cartoon or somebody's building up their own brick thinking that they're doing something great and all they're doing is creating their own prison. And that's the manipulation of the people that's happening. It's the same thing when you're talking about the Marxists. They're creating their own prison and they don't have a clue. Those are the people who are going to be most angry when they realize what they did and what's going on. But sometimes I have a hard time feeling sorry for them when we're watching these millions of COVID people suffer, you know, the people who have had the jab and mRNA, they're suffering. I just did a show where they're estimating like 30 to 50 million people have side effects of that. I don't know how many people are consciously suffering, but there are millions of, this is just Americans that are suffering from that treatment and they don't care. I mean, at what point, you know, how that's hard to swallow. That's hard to something's seriously wrong when we don't care and have mercy. I mean, that's basic mercy for suffering people. We should have clinics all over this country. I mean, we need, we need some doctors that just stand up and start taking, you know, taking over and politicians who have some courage and taking over and saying, we need to get clinics set up now. They need to be set up across the country and we need to start saving lives and caring for American people because we have millions of people suffering across this country. That's what we need to do. We need to have leadership. And I don't, I don't see it. I mean, I see a few people here and there, but I don't see a mass. I just don't see it. Where is that leadership? And until we get there, I don't know how bad it has to get before we wake up. And that's called being an adult. And maybe we have been trained from the point that we're young to just follow and not take leadership roles. I mean, we, we need to step into these roles and say, I know it's, I know it's scary. I know that I'm going to be abused and I'm going to be laughed at maybe by the people who don't understand yet, but I know this is the right thing to do. And I'm going to stand up. I have broad shoulders. I can take this on and I can, I can get us out of this situation or I can help. I can walk side by side with others who are also willing to do this and we can make this happen. But until we all stand up and start saying, we will be that, we will be the ones to do that. You know, we can't, we got to stop pointing fingers at China. China's bad. Yeah, they are maybe they're infiltrating us, but we let it happen. It's our country. We yeah. do something about it. Same thing with our universities. Yeah. All the professors and all the people in the universities. Yeah. It's a mess. It's, it's terrible. Universities have lost their way. Okay. Now step up and fix it. That's mm -hmm. what we have to do. 
And until we embrace it and take on responsibility, we're going to be in this mess. And we can't expect one man, Donald Trump, to come in and save us. It's not how it works. It just doesn't work that way. It works at the at the every single your school systems, your your hospitals, Everything. your clinics. It works at the local levels, and it works. It starts with each and every one of us, because other. I mean, it's just not. We're not going to have a savior, and that mm-hmm. savior, if you think he's a savior, isn't going to be able to save us without you. It just right. doesn't work that way. Well, Sarah, that's uh, Mary Fanning uh, says. We are the ones we are looking for. We can't look That's for right. anybody else to do for us what we have to do for ourselves. That's right. And we don't have to be violent. We don't have to be nasty about it. We just have to say no. We have to learn to say no. We have to have enough guts to stand up when we don't believe in something and quit trying to be so damn politically correct and trying to get along with people and all that, and just say no. And if they don't like it, tough luck, you know? Well, and it's like, I was the only one in my town walking around without a mask on. <laughs> it was awful. Patrick would send me one of those, uh, um, thank God he had those cards made and I was walking around with it. And I was, you know, I was verbally abused all over the place. I even had said someone to ask me, is that one of those fake cards from the internet? I'm like, no, this is real. (laughs) You're you're in Minnesota, aren't you? I I think you're in Minnesota, right? I am. I'm in the Twin Cities, yes. And I had people come up to me and thank me, though, and ask me where they got the card and and thanked me for having the courage to walk around like that, too. But go ahead. Well, I, I was just going to say, I, this is a good, uh, a funny thing, because I did the same thing. I'm in Montana, yeah, but, yep. uh, you know, everybody, they had, the mayor in Bozeman said everybody had to wear their mask and all this stuff. So I had a, a, a Groucho, Ma- uh, Groucho Marx, uh, the eyes, you know, with the glasses and yeah, the yeah. big rubber nose and the little mustache. <laughs> and... Uh, so somebody told me I had to wear a mask uh, to, to come into the business. So I'd put that on. And I mean, I had so many people laughing and it, it just broke the ice. It was really a good thing to do. And ultimately they didn't give me any crap after that, you know, because I well, was I, complying. Yeah. I was wearing my mask. Well, I didn't <laughs> see, I wouldn't comply. I just wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm just like, I'm not, I'm not going to comply to something where these mass studies that you claim are legit all came out after COVID. There was a hundred years of, of I'm a sign, you know, I know how to read studies. And there was a hundred years of material showing that masking the general public, it doesn't work. You know, it was just, and there were so no. many issues with it. All the studies, we have new studies. Yeah. All the studies came out. So I was like, I'm not, going to put up with your BS. I started selling masks that said, this mask is as worthless as your governor. And I had masks that said, we have um, some of those. Yeah. I had all these masks that I was selling. I sold a lot of masks and I didn't make that much money on it, but I was selling them because I was so angry that they were forcing this down our throats to do basic Mm -hmm. things. It was the only time in history that they quarantined healthy people ever in history. Mm -hmm. So these guys are, would, will do anything. You know, they, we had a coup against our government. They're, they're working to shut down the, 
to shut our speech off. They don't care about you or me. All they want to do is have power and control and they want to shut us down. If they cared about the debate and actually getting the information out there, they would be open to realistic, honest debate, uh, debating intellectuals, but we watch them mm -hmm. fix we watch them fix too many things, lie, cheat, steal, do anything. You know, as Orwell said, once the um, once the propaganda doesn't work anymore, you got to force it on people. And maybe we're getting to that point. I don't know. But we won't be able to fight if we don't keep the lights on. Mm -hmm. Just that's that right. basic. Yeah, that's right. Well, um, I I appreciate what you're saying because absolutely the. The uh, science was never behind everything that they were trying to do, and I, I've been a, I've been doing talks on UN Agenda 21 since uh, about 2000. Um, yeah, you're I'm, one of the original ones, right? You were. I'm one Rosa of the original Corey. ones. I yep. loved Rosa Corey when she. We lost her. Oh, that yeah. was really a huge loss because she was, was. She's the perfect example of how this was not a left-right thing. She was a That's Democrat right. her whole life. And she well, realized um, in horror what they were actually doing. And mm -hmm. you guys all worked together on that. And it was, um, I just, it, that was a huge loss for the American people, for the people of the world when she passed away. No question about it. And Rosa was a good friend of mine. And, and uh, the, you know, Michael, uh, Michael Kaufman, I don't know if you knew Mike Kaufman, but he died about, I'm going to say seven years ago, and they all die of cancer. And, you, you know, you wonder That's how right. this is going the way it is, because the same thing with uh, Rosa. Um, I didn't even realize she was sick. She didn't say much about it. I knew she had had problems years ago, but um, she came on and did an interview with me, I think about three weeks before she passed, and oh, uh, she didn't say a word to me about it i just i was absolutely shocked so well people, there are people need to get the, but, chlorine, but the, the chlorine dioxide and the twin oxide because it works it really helps yeah. keep your immune system up with all this fast acting cancer and all the bs they're pushing on us i'm sorry keep going i had to throw that in no 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 well i and and what i was going to say is the agenda 21 deal and this is part of the biodiversity treaty and all the rest is that they they say they need to reduce the human population to fewer than a billion people. They're dead serious about this. They're, they're very dead it's serious. It's not a joke. And that's once you, once you realize, and that we seem crazy to people who don't haven't, a, haven't come to the realization that that's true, that they really are trying to do this. And, and so we seem like we're nuts, but I have been doing this long enough and seeing enough stuff that I am just like you like oh my god they really believe this and they are really acting on this and so we have to as an obligation to to our children and to our grandchildren i don't have any grandchildren yet but i will we have an obligation to them to fight this because this is how serious they are and you know, I don't care if people laugh at me and think I'm a wacko anymore, because if I can push that agenda back and we can make a difference, whether they know it or not, we saved freedom for that generation. That's right. That's what's on our shoulders right now. 
Sarah, think about this. This is something I, I'm glad you brought that up because I feel exactly the same way. Let's just say that there are 20,000 of us, okay? 20,000 people like you and me, and I, I, that may be a, a bit of a stretch, but I, I would say there's certainly thousands of us out there. There's, Maybe not yeah. as vocal Maybe. as we are, but, you know, there are yep. thousands out there. Let's say that each one of us hold back the New World Order by one day. Do you realize that that is enough time? If there were, let's say there were 2,000 of us. If we save 2,000 days, that's enough time for the rest of the world to catch up to what's really going on. And we can do it. We can save we can the do world. It. It's hard. This is not. A, this has been a grueling, awful fight. And um, those of us who have been fighting it uh, are tired, and we've been working really hard. And we're not going to give up because we know what, what's at stake. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, it's grueling. We need people to join choir. I'm talking to your audience. I'm assuming. So mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, we might be speaking the choir. We have to figure out how to get to these other people so that we can get them to take the time to learn and to understand what we're talking about. Because without the foundation, you're going to think we're crazy, but you have to learn. You got to, you've got to open your eyes and see what they're doing. COVID, you know, just pointing at COVID the election. I mean, there's so many things that were so obvious at this point, you, there has to be enough obvious things to say, okay, something's wrong here. I'm going to go and learn more and figure out what's really going on. I'm going to join this because I know something's really off and something's really wrong. And I want to understand what's going on. I don't understand everything I learn every day, but I, I know we're in a fight for our lives and I've gotten to that point and we need more people to get to that point. And we got to be smart too. We can't be, um, once we get to the point where we all realize this is a fight for our lives, we have to unite over some basic issues. Let's unite over free speech. Let's unite over basic freedoms because we know those are important. We can debate all day long about other issues, but we need the right to debate. We need the right for these basic freedoms. We need to be, we need to honor the Nuremberg Code. The Nuremberg Code has been held up in our court system um, in the past. We need to honor that code. We need to honor these basic rights. We have to look at what came before us and learn from history. And, you know, I don't know, we have to keep working as hard as we can with people everywhere to understand that we're in this together. I don't care what your beliefs are when it comes to pretty much anything other than agreeing that we should on freedom, basic freedoms. You can do what you want. I'm going to do what I want, but I'm going to fight like crazy. And I hope you fight next to me for our basic freedoms. And that we have to work across the aisle to get that to. And I hate the cross the aisle stuff. I, I think it's one big uniparty, honestly. I, I just yeah, don't think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I think we have been bamboozled to think that's the whole divide and conquer thing. And uh, we have a lot of people who are holding water for that. And we keep, we're get, we keep getting sucked in to using that terminology. And we really have to get out of that. And they don't want us to. The, the, the 
a populist movement is the first one they try to put down. They do That's not right. they want you fighting with each other. They do not want you united. Well, and I think that's why they hated Donald Trump so bad, because he was the first populist president in a, a very, very, very long that's time. Right. And um, all I can say is that they, they went they went after uh, Bolisario in uh, Brazil the same way. Uh, they went after any of the populist leaders. And frankly, I think that's why they also hate uh, Putin so bad, because he does believe in the Russian people. Yeah, he's, you know, another one that's kind of interesting is the Mexican president. Um, mm -hmm. The Mexican president is saying things that sound like how we talk. And I, you know, I'm, it's very interesting to see what's going on there and what that means. I know that there was a pretty much a one party rule forever in Mexico, not forever, but for decades. And this guy kept running and running and running, and he broke through and won, you know, because they fixed all their elections. It was so fixed, and they they fought and fought and fought, and finally this guy won. And he was he's not part of that ruling party, and so he's talking in ways that are pretty interesting. I don't know. You never know what the politician, where they really stand. But Mexico, if I were to rate the countries I during the last few years, I would have put Canada last as the most fascist authoritarian country. I would have put a second and I would have put um, Mexico better than the United States over the last few years in their um, willingness to give their base, basic freedoms to people. We, we look at ourselves as a free country and we've lost and eroded so much of our freedoms that we can't see past our own rhetoric a lot of times. And we see the Mexican culture being so corrupt with all their drug cartels, and we fail to see that the United States and our corruption is running those drug cartels. A lot we, of we it, We fail yeah. to see all that. And, um, you know, like your song at the beginning, I love that song. It's one of my favorite songs about the, you know, freedom. But we're, we are, we're failing to see that a lot of that is an illusion right now. It and is an illusion. Yeah. yeah, and we need to we need to fight to get that back. Well, that's kind of a wishful uh, song <laughs> for for me anyway. Is uh, that's really what we want to believe? It isn't true anymore. And you you mentioned Obrador. Uh, his relationship with Trump was a lot better than his relationship with Biden. And, well, uh, yeah. I, I mean, how can you have a relationship with Biden? I mean, I, I mean, I don't even know. These guys are um, with what's going on over the border. One of the other things that I've been I really care about is human trafficking. And, um, you know, I've covered a lot of that and I, I've gotten nailed for coverage. It's probably the most censored topic on the planet is is human tra trafficking. But the we're doing that on Tuesday. We're doing that oh, on good. Tuesday. I've, I've got, um, have? yeah, we're going to, uh, uh, Christy Hutcherson, uh, who I'm sure you've worked with, is going to be our guest as well as uh, Chuck uh, Floyd, who was one of the original architects of the border security program. Oh, good. good. That's so. That would be great. I would like to interview, <laughs> interview. Well, that, that's the other part. We need to share the talent, because the fact is, I love uh, get, giving my guests to other hosts 
and uh, and we circulate so many different guests, and that's a, another point. And I'm glad you brought it up because um, you know, there's so much information out there. We need to share as much as we can. That's right. We got to keep this getting other. out there. We have to get it yep. out there. And you know, the border. Uh, it's it's so I can't. It's so asinine to think that we have all these children coming through and just disappearing into the system. You know that we are watching a child trafficking ring under our nose, and we don't. There's no mercy again. It can, it comes back to that. You know, there's just so much human suffering, and there's no mercy. You know, for me, it's just I don't. It's some of that stuff is overwhelming to think about of what's really going on here, and the the fact that it's happening underneath our nose, and we're not doing anything about it. You know, we're bringing in these children from Guatemala. I had Tara Rodas on, who is the NHS whistleblower. Um, she would be a great guest for your show um, to talk about her experience uh, finding these these traffickers that these children were put into the hands of she was went on project veritas and they did some background check to verify what she was saying and these these children are coming up from guatemala and they prefer the children from guatemala because not only do they not speak english they don't speak spanish either because they speak a, a mayan dialect, dialect. so mm -hmm. these poor little children have no one and they're easier to um, keep contained because of that. And wow. um, I don't, you know, the human suffering and the fact that this is happening under the Biden administration, you know, a coup, they took over our country, it's a coup, and all these things are happening under their, their watch is, um, I mean, I don't know how, in, I don't know how we even, how, how the American people are, staying calm. I, I just don't understand some of this stuff. I thank God my family wasn't fec affected with COVID, you know, the um, jab because I, I, my kid, I told, I told my daughter, I wouldn't pay for her college if she, if she got the jab. And then my son, I um, kept him out of it as well. And, and so fortunately, you know, I was able to protect my, my immediate family, not my farther family. That was a different mm -hmm. story. But I can't even imagine if my kids were suffering because of some of their lies. I mean, I can't even imagine. And so there's so many Americans. We have a powder keg right now. And these, you know, if they want to save, if they, if they had any kind of credibility at all, they would be coming forward and, and starting to help all these people who are suffering. And, uh, you know, the government isn't our, it just goes back to the government's not our savior. Right. But they're in our way. <laughs> they're mm -hmm. in our way. And we, we have to realize that. Yeah. We've, we've lost our government a long time ago. And I think people are just starting to understand that I've, you know, I've been around a long time. I'm almost 73. I'll be 73 here in a couple of months. And I've been involved in, uh, this freedom movement for about 50 years. And I've, I've watched it. And uh, Sarah, I'll be honest with you. I had, I had a pretty good idea of what was going on, but the, the, the hole is so much deeper. Wanderland is so much bigger than I ever dreamed. 
And I've, I've come to that conclusion over the last probably 10 years because I just didn't realize that globalism had that strong hold over the United States. And, well, and they I think do. They do. And I think the new tools that they have, you know, I call, I have this presentation I've been giving called the big four, you know, how, um, how the big media or big tech has been weaponized for control. And mm -hmm. these tools that they have, it doesn't have to be that way. Big tech can be used for freedom. I mean, big tech can be the most amazing thing that's ever happened to humanity if we used it that way. But it's being weaponized by these guys to totally control us. You know, the CBDCs is an implementation of blockchain and big tech and all that stuff. And the Google is probably the worst of them all. Google is controls the Internet and controls the Internet in ways that people don't even understand. You know, behind the scenes, all the, the mapping of our our websites, the DNS servers and we, we we cannot have a, a company like that controlling everything when it comes to communication. But the, it goes beyond that because they're also weaponized who can make money because if you don't follow their regime, you get placed on the bottom, right? I mean, you're unperson. The ones who they favor are their buddies who promote their narrative and then they get top billing on the search engines. And so they people learn that they need to play the game in order to make a living. And they have to break out of that and say, that's not okay. And we won't accept an, a situation like that. And so they're using our own greed against us, right? All of this, the COVID was all our greed, all hospitals being paid off to do protocols that were killing people. They're using our own greed against us, these big tech firms. And, um, you know, it, it does get back to basics and understanding that we can't be, you, you can, everyone can't be a criminal in order to have a civilized society. You have to, you know, my, my son's uh, history teacher was just wondering, he was an eighth grade middle school history teacher, came up with this game. I thought it was the best thing I've ever seen. It was to teach these young kids about um, how you create a civilized society. And he had certain people were criminals, certain were police, certain were, um, you know, bankers and all these other roles in society. And um, you, it benefited you to work with the criminal and to be a criminal, you know, to work with them. It benefited you in the short run to be, to just care about yourself and the growth of your own situation. But if you did those two things over a certain amount of moves, the whole thing would collapse. The, mm. Your whole thing, everybody would lose except the criminals. Nobody knew who the criminals were because they'd lie and cheat and steal and nobody knew who they were. But throughout the game, you had to figure out who the criminals were so that you didn't support them. Because, But you needed to support yourself, but you also needed to support the good guys. So the goal was to not support the criminals, to support yourself. And, this, and you, you can't just support yourself. You also have to support the other good people. And you had to figure out through the game who the bad guys were and who the good guys were. And, and enough people had to support the other good guys in order for um, society to be able to thrive. It was such a great game for these young ones, but that really is a lesson that all of us needs to learn. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, it, it, um, we did a similar thing when I was back in college, only the guy that was teaching it 
basically was trying to teach globalism. And this was back in like the early 70s, late 60s. And uh, he, he was a retired army colonel, but he was he was teaching this game. He was actually, uh, and it was, uh, you know, uh, world, uh, world government uh, was actually the class. But it was to talk about, I thought, uh, how all different governments and different types uh, could work together. Well, in fact, he was teaching world government. And that was my first insight into what they were actually trying to do. And it was amazing because he was an ex-army colonel that was teaching this stuff. So it's been around a long time. Yeah, it was a fascinating uh, program. Well, they, I have to. They, they believe that if you have world government, you won't have wars anymore and that right. you can all get along. But what they fail to see is that if you have a world government where you have the, the most extreme power placed in the fewest amount of hands, and decisions being made at a, a level that's so far removed from the people who are actually involved, you will have hell on earth. And they don't, they just don't, they, they don't, can't see that. And I don't know why. I don't, I don't know why. We have to get that, we have to figure out how to communicate that message to people that globalism is not about us getting along without these guys who are always fighting, who are trying to put globalism, we probably would get along. The thing is, is that the people who are doing this are the ones who have been fueling all these wars and all this crap that we're dealing with. We would get along better if we didn't have all that stuff. But I don't, I don't, well, I don't know how you help get people to understand. Sarah, it, it's, it's a pretty simple process. We need to understand that individual liberty, self-interest, is a good thing, as long as it's got a connection with our Christian foundation, with the Ten Commandments, with the understanding that man has to have a, a decent soul and be an honest human being, or uh, individualism falls apart. You can't be a David Rockefeller and a greedy SOB and make individualism work. But well, it gets you back to that. My, it gets back yeah. to that little game that I was talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I you know it, it's it's pretty simple. If we if we have a foundation that's based on uh, goodness and on positive things rather than negative things, uh, that's we're, right. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Do you know, uh, I'm, I'm going to introduce David uh, Sumrall. He's a good buddy of mine. Uh, and, and David has been working with me for, I don't know, about three years now. He was one of the guys that did most of the collection of the various films that uh, evolved around January 6th. He actually went there with a the crew. They filmed he brought in all kinds of other films. Our good friend, uh, uh, Mark Sutherland, who is a, a film producer in the UK, got together with David and they put together some really dynamite videos. And a lot of the information that they put together has actually been 
now part of this big disclosure of the, what, 14, what was it, uh, David, 14,000 hours or something of video that uh, has been covered up. Anyway, I want to introduce uh, Sarah because she is a dynamite podcaster, and I want you guys to uh, get a chance to work together on exposing the January 6th event and some of the things that are going on there. David, uh, come, come into the conversation, please, and introduce yourself. Well, it is good to see you, my brother, David Sumrall here. I like your last name already, West All. You got the all in there, Sumrall, West All. I think we're no. going to be fast <laughs> oh, friends, that's I can good. tell. That is really good. So, yeah, uh, just, uh, you know, doing my little uh, community efforts for 30 years doing Stop Hate, you know, trying to uh, make that local difference that that people, you know, ex uh, example ministry almost and, and in an effort to show that not everybody hates each other and, it has evolved through the years to uh, to the point to where we're the object of hate most of the time, it seems like. And, and it's exactly what we didn't want to happen, as was predicted a long time ago. And uh, through the Trump era, we did a lot of demand free speech stuff, ended up uh, doing the Stop the Steal rallies. Uh, January 6th came along and sent the film crew, captured a lot of history and have been you know hot on that trail ever since. Three of the guys that work uh, on, on the stop hate team. One is still in prison. One has been and since, uh, served his sentence. And then we've got one that's waiting to see how long he'll be going. And they're all three journalists. So, I mean, that's, that's where we are. I would love for one of those cases to get before the Supreme court so they could finally decide, you know, what the true definition of a citizen journalist is or a journalist for that matter. And uh, where where the where the line is drawn for that, but that's kind of in a nutshell. What do you think about the Supreme Court? I guess uh, that's the question. Do you think that we have lost the Supreme Court, or do you think it's still? Yeah, I mean, know? at this point, at this point, it's bad everywhere. Every system that we have has been, you know, subverted, overrun. You know, uh, somebody's in there doing bad things, and they're. The numbers aren't there for us anymore in the courts and the DOJ and the DOD and the Supreme Court and the Congress and the Senate. You know, we're seeing more and more of the uniparty and, and this whole global agenda and, and woke culture stuff. And it's disheartening. I can tell you that. But I also know it's, you know, darkest before the dawn. And, and I don't even think we're that dark yet, you know, as far as where we're going and, and the potential of the horrible things. If anyone were to decide to, you know, attack us while we're most vulnerable, while you know, nursing and doctors and everything's a mess. Our military is a mess. Our, <laughs> our trust factor with our local police is a mess, you know, in part due to that January 6th, you know, where are the good cops that are backing up the people that say that some cops did some bad things? We haven't heard that yet. And it's chipped away at the, uh, the trust issues that we have you know, a lot of people from small town America went to D.C. on January 6th and had interactions with police all their life in their hometown in a very different way than than what they were met with on January 6th. And and it, you know, it kind of changed things for a lot of folks. The, it, it tainted their view of, you know, what law enforcement was, who's there to protect and serve, what that really looks like. I mean, I, I have friends that were there that you know, I've met since, but literally eyes closed praying in front of a barricade uh to be beaten by batons to open your eyes to that you know you're, you're praying you got your head bowed your eyes are closed and 
the police are reaching over, clubbing you in the head. I mean, that's definitely going to leave a different uh, impression, <laughs> so to speak, than you had in your small town where they probably didn't hit you with sticks and stuff. But yeah, it's an interesting, interesting place we're at. And I, I'm glad you mentioned that about the numbers in the court. I don't think that we have anything really going for us at this point uh, politically, you know, and, and that's the sad part. What about you? What What's your thoughts on that? I think we are that a lot of the justice system is broken and a lot of the, the district, we have some districts that seem to be better than other districts. Nine is absolutely awful. Uh, we, we have, we, we have some work to do, right? It, it's a black male system. And yeah, absolutely. We need to clean that up. We don't more people who are aware and we have to back the good judges. We have to realize that judges are important. You know, we have all these things that are important what do you think? Have you been to uh, Dan? I hope you don't mind me asking a couple of questions. No, I, I, that's why I got you together. <laughs> oh, oh, Dan, it's you. good to see you. Good to see you, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you yeah, have to bro. know. You have to know the history, Sarah. So Dan was out of town for a couple of weeks. Uh, he had some internet issues for a couple of days, and I guest hosted on his show. And toward the end of the the stretch, I think we we started with two or three, ended up with five or six, and in a row. And I and I I was teasing, saying. Uh, you know, next week we're going to have a, a, a guest host, Dan Happel, come on the show. <laughs> I, I had done the show for so long. So, yeah, it's that's it, excellent. It, it's so, fun. OK, so you're you're part of the family here. Well, have you been back to D.C. quite a bit since January 6th? I've been once. I went on the anniversary uh, to take Ashley's mom, Mickey, and her friend Wilma. And we we went around. She wanted to be close to where her daughter had died the year before and Taylor Hansen went with us. He was next to Ashley when she got shot. And, you know, we just wanted to take her there and spend that moment. You know, it was the first year after and no one else was there. You know, the second year after a, a lot of people did go, they try to do some, some events and stuff. So it, it was different. Well, I was just wondering how busy is DC? You know, you hear all those rumors that it's still pretty locked down. Is it back to normal? Uh, you know, not from what I've I've gathered, I, and like I said, I haven't been there. Of course, when Congress and everything was shut shut down, it was even more of a ghost town. There was very little interaction with anyone. Of course, the guys that are at the the vigil and the girls, they want the interaction. They want to be able to go to the, you know Congress, go to the, the different buildings that they're having their their meetings and hearings and stuff, and go sit in on. The, and they've done that now that they're back and forth. But you know, trying to get those uh, representatives to do an honest day's work as we know, is is a whole nother issue. Um, I don't see it ever getting back to normal. I see everything boarded up. You know, I, I don't see the buildings being used like we think they were at one point, I guess. But, uh, you know, right now it looks like a lot more uh, chain link fences and smoke and mirrors to me. Mm -hmm. yeah. So they're moving into the new world order. And let's face it, um, you know, anything they can do to make government not function correctly is going to help that process. Well, I, maybe it just shows we don't need the government as much as we thought we did. We never did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so really doing what, their job anyways. But what's the end game? What, what would the end game be for our government to do this, to treat us this way, to try to get us to act and react with each other in this way to, to push division, to push war, to make us vulnerable, to, to make us, uh, I mean, what would the setup 
What what do you think their end game would be on that? Do you do you have ideas on that? Well, I think it's to go towards their. I mean, they're sick people. I I think there's first of all, the majority of the people that are helping them are manipulated. They don't, I unaware. I don't know. They're very passionate about a certain issue and that's all they see. They can't see the big picture. I think that's probably the most, the majority of them. And, and so they're very easy to manipulate. And then the others that are trying to create this globalist tyranny, I mean, they're like Nazis. We talked about it before. I really think it's closer to the Nazi system. The technocracy is really a Nazi system and that's what they're implementing. And these people are crazy. I mean, I don't, I don't think that's rational thinking. I, they follow a cult and an old, you know, pagan type, you know, people get upset who are paganists because they say we're not like that. Right. So it's this old cult type, you know, it's a bastardized pagan religion that's backwards and they follow it and they're serious about it and they're irrational in their following it's a cult right and so but we have the wealthiest most powerful people in the world who follow this cult and all believe in these things and they're also technocracy you know they're technocrats and it's hard to rationalize what these people because they're not rational you know they're not they don't think like us in what we think is important they think more like a uh, irrational bully or some cultist. And so we have to um, realize that our enemy is not somebody that we can easily, we can't talk them down. I mean, we have mm. to force it upon them, not necessarily through violence. But we have to force it by saying, no, we won't do this and we will have our rights. And we have to force these politicians to do what they need to be doing because these people aren't going to just step down. They're going to do what they do. And they truly believe in their agenda, their depopulation and their everything else they have going on. So well, you ask me, I mean, that's what I see. Yeah, I, I do too. I mean, I, I agree with you. I just, you know, I'm curious at this point where we are um, societally with each other, so to speak, you know, side versus side. Um, you know, false flags, all, all the different things. I get that. But the whole push toward, because it's in their verbiage, it's in their words that the conservatives want war, you know, we don't, we don't. And and they just keep putting that word in our mouth like we said it and we didn't. And, and that it seems like that push, that push, what would the outcome, not of the, the skirmish, but of that decision of that movement in other words, what I'm leaning toward is I just see the UN printed all over this. You know, I, I just see at some point them saying, look, we need that outside force to help keep the peace. Look, if we're going to have a national divorce, even if we're going to split sides, if we're going to choose land, if we're going to do these things, we need, look, we can't use our ju judge on our side and you can't use your judge. We need an outside voice. We need the you and this is what scares me is that they're pushing us to a point to where we relinquish our control i think it was kissinger a long time ago said it will take them to the point to where they'll gladly say please fix this for us and hand it over to the united nations and that's that's my biggest fear that they keep pushing what do you think well i i think there's a lot of people that are seeing and i don't agree with this i i think we have to be careful but i think there's a lot of people that think russia is going to come in and you know, save us. That is kind of a scary concept. 
I think a lot of people have come, they want an outside force. to. We've talked about this earlier, Dan, on the show, where they want an outside savior. And we have to realize that the mm-hmm. savior is us. And I do agree with you that they, you know, the UN is just a tool for these same people. That's right. The, the banks, the, you know, the CBDCs, the, the, the big tech company. I'm very worried about big tech and turning off our ability to speak, right? Like you guys won't be able to do this show anymore. People won't be able to communicate or people who will be able to see us will be very few. And so we'll be able to be shoveled off into the, the aside extremists and then they can just cut us off. Um, I think that we have to realize that it's ourselves that need to um, come in and save us. But you're right. I, I think that tool, which is the United Nations, could possibly be how they come in and save us. You know, I, we we no one's going to save us. We're going to save ourselves. Um, I well, don't know, just... I, we could have their enemies. You know, um, supposedly Russia's our enemy. You know. Are your enemies your friend when you're fighting the same enemy, which are the globalists? We don't want any of those guys ruling over us. Um, but perhaps they they'll help us by fighting these guys. I don't know. I'd like to know your thoughts on that. Is Russia fighting the World Economic Forum with chi- with you know China, or are they? Um... I think they are, and I'm going to in- intercede on that one because I think they are, and. We've got to understand something that is the bottom, bottom, bottom line, and that, that is they've got to get rid of 7 billion people to meet their goals. That Sarah, you said something that was really important. It's like they're on another plane. They are on another plane. These people that are at the very top of this pyramid see the rest of us like we're lice or... Uh, vermin of some kind, and the more that they can kill off of us, the happier that's, they are. That's and, why there's no mercy for all these people who are suffering. Exactly, and that's also why uh, the, their vision is, and you mentioned technocracy, their vision is that anybody that is left of the billion or so that are left are going to be transhuman. They're going to be controllable machines with a human brain that's augmented with uh, artificial intelligence and uh, the ability to control them. That's yeah. how evil these yeah. people are. And do you and think they will be control- in that too? Or do you think they will be outside that matrix? Oh, they'll be outside that matrix. Yeah, I, I'm just wondering how many of the, them are, I agree with you, how many of them are there? A couple thousand, I think. Total. And they just manipulate the hell out of everybody else. Mm-hmm. And they want to own and control everything on the planet. They've got it all mapped out. You know, the, the CBDC, the uh, uh, social credit system, the ability to put uh, UCC codes on every single object on the planet and then chip everybody that's left so that uh, they can control them through thought processes, through artificial intelligence. Through frequencies. I mean, yeah. yeah they, they know all of our emotions, all of our bodily functions, all of that is frequency. And they will be able to, they, they will give you a heart attack when, if you're not, they can just give you a heart attack. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. 
pretty interesting. They can make you fearful. They can make you feel love. They can make you feel whatever emotion they want you to feel with this sophisticated technology. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was teasing with a friend earlier and, and, you know, talking about all the stuff they spray in the sky. You know, we should just call it like it is, people. That's free vitamins. The government loves us so much <laughs> that they're spraying free vitamins in the air. And that's what that is. So everybody just deeply breathe it in and take it out because that, that's kind of where we are in, in the world. I believe that, that if you said that, people would probably believe it. And sadly, I see the food supply, the chicken and the beef, you know, and, and this whole next phase for whatever pandemic, you know, it, it's a horrible thought that at some point we can't escape what they're doing to us anymore. And and then you look at that end game and the end goal and the control of population, you know, decline for lack of a better word. And, and it, it's, it's bothersome. It's, it's, it's a big worry. And then you kind of have to balance that at some point and say, Happy Easter, you know, he is risen, alleluia. This is the proof that we do have hope, you know, because that's that's the hope. If there was none of that, what would be what would be the, the point in this whole thing? We should all just end it for ourselves and get this over with, but that's not the way it is. And, and I see that a lot in our community in the, in the J6, you know, family. And, and it, it, I tell you what, hope is hard to come by. And hearing things like this is all scary and all that stuff, but I do want people to understand that there are fighters out here that are trying to solve these problems. We can talk about them all day long and and try to get to the bottom of things, but I think that at, at the end of the day, I know Dan is a, a solutions guy. I know I am. I, I believe you are too, sir. And and I think especially on Easter to, to preface that all with saying that there is hope at the end of the day. I do believe what you said earlier, Sarah, about we are the answer, we're the solution. I think Trump was very clear in his, uh, except in his inauguration speech, you know, when he said, I'm giving the power back to the people and the people and the people and the people over and over is, is how that sounds to me looking back at it. And it's not about the government anymore. But what we need to find out is that next measure, the enforcement, you know, because there's a lot of people in a lot of high places that are breaking the law. They are committing crimes daily, weekly, monthly, whatever. And we know this, or they're covering crimes and, and, and that's just as bad, but there's no enforcement for us. Like you said, we go to the court, the court's broken. We go to the judge, the judge is on, we go here, we go there. And, and there has to be something that the people can do to take that power back and say, Hey, whether it's a citizen council of sorts or or a citizen's grand jury, uh, or whatever that looks like, we need to be moving toward that like yesterday because they they get ahead of us every time that we sit back and watch to see what they do. We should be proactive instead of reactive. What are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. That's what I was saying earlier before you got on. We got every single person needs to get out there and figure out how they can help with this situation. I think there's been too many people on the sidelines and uh, we can't afford that. And, and, and it has, can't just be, uh, you know, conservatives. I, I just don't see it as, I think it's anybody that believes in civilization, you know, that doesn't want not a Nazi regime, a technocratic Nazi regime, which is what they, it will be like that on steroids. Cause they have very powerful weapons. Anybody who doesn't want that needs to unite together and say, we want these basic freedoms. You know, this is, this is not, this is, we don't want 
most of our neighborhood to die from the stuff they're doing. And I know it sounds crazy, but we're going to have to break through that mental, that mental fog where people are like, I just can't believe it's this bad. I can't believe you guys are nuts. It can't possibly be like this. We just got to, from what I've heard, you know, people who've done research on this, you need 10% of the population to really be committed to making this change. And I'm not sure if we have that 10% yet. Um, I do think that um, 10% of the people for sure, we have more than that, that are wakening up to this stuff. They're, they're seeing it and they know what's important for all. I have a ton of people who walked away from the Democratic Party, who walk away from the Republican Party, who are just American first type people. And uh, they see it. And we just need people to mobilize and to to do these things. And we just, hell no, when they put these legislation through, hell no, we're not, but they manipulate people and make things sound different than they are. They're experts at it. They're absolute experts at manipulating the public. And so we have have a battle on our hands. Well, you know, I mean, we can't stop fighting forever. We can't stop fighting now. And once you know, you can't stop. Well, and Sarah, Sarah, one of the problems is who are our leaders going to be? Because the people who could be good leaders refuse to do it. And that's the problem. You know, they're too busy. They've got this. They've got that. We need people to step up and be the solution. Like we said earlier, we are the people we're looking for. And we need people that are willing to go out and and do what's necessary to get our republic back in the hands of the people. That's right. Well, yes. you know, Carrie Lake stepped up, and mm-hmm. I think they, she scared the hell out of them because she mm-hmm. was a populist type person. She she had a huge movement on all sides. I mean, she she kicked. I mean, she just destroyed. She won by a landslide. It was a total landslide. Mm -hmm. And they didn't care. They were like, we can't have her win at all costs. We don't care how obvious this is. And I mean, that's what we're up against. And And they get away with it. And they're getting away with it. And so that's, that's kind of demoralizing. We have to figure out how to make, to have some of these wins. (laughs) You know what I mean? How do we win? How do we win that? Well, she and that's, keeps fighting. That's part part of the big question. Part of the riddle is is how do we win? I've got my be the people uh, wristband on right now. The stop hate. Be the people. We the people. Be the people to free the people because nobody else is going to do it for us. And we've learned that from every politician, from the very tippity top to the very bottom dwellers. The 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 scum suckers at the bottom don't help any more than the ones at the top that are supposed to be on our team. And this J6 thing, you know, there's there's a handful of J6ers that want to and that have run and that have held different mm-hmm. offices in their communities and, and local runs. And, and, and uh, we've really we've talked about this a lot. And, you know, I would love for the campaign slogan to be, you know, the J6 party and that we're taking the Capitol in 24 peacefully. And I think that would scare the heck out of these politicians. I would love to bankrupt the R's and the D's. I would love for both parties to be dissolved from lack of funding. I'd like for everyone to quit supporting them financially. Just like public schools, guys, if you're still sending your kid to a public school, that's on you. I'm sorry. At this point, we know better. 
And it's really hard to make that life change. We did it. A lot of people are doing it. And uh, it's, it's a necessary thing to do. They're, they're ruining our kids like they're ruining our country. It's the same people, same group, same Alinsky's rules for radicals. You know, you take the school, you take the church, you take the politics, you take everything. And, and, you know, back to the Russia thing, I don't know. I don't know about Putin. I can't say he's a good guy for the bad things he's done, but I can't say he's a bad guy for the good things he's doing. And I don't know how that's going to end up at the end of the day. I, I know that all my life growing up, they built them up to be the biggest enemy that we had. They were going to kill us and it was going to be bad. We had to do the drills in the school where you put your head between your legs and kiss yourself goodbye and all that stuff, you know, line up to make the body count easier in case they nuke <laughs> us or something. You know, we did that stuff and it, that, that ingrains certain things in your psyche as well. And, and now the, the public at large has been drinking the Kool-Aid and taking the programming on both sides. And, and I, I've been asking this question lately because I think it's, the appropriate time now j sixers are being hunted literally sedition hunters all these different groups and you know antifa blm they're being actively hunted you know by the fbi by the doj okay the left is going crazy on it. they love it because it's their payback you know we treated them horribly we said mean things we made all the re-jokes and all this you know trump's your president stuff rubbed it in their face pretty good and now the payback is, ha ha, we're hunting your people and putting them in prison. And, and we know they're not guilty. You know, they're not guilty, but we're doing it anyway. So let me ask you but this. You guys it, weren't, I mean, what's worse, making fun of them because of the, they don't like their or actually imprisoning people and things. Yeah, it's just well, like, oh my God. But, but here's the question. We didn't do anything to them like they're doing. No, now. no, no. But here's the question. Here's what I want people to ponder for a second. If Trump came back into power tomorrow or whenever, you know, re-election or whatever. And if Trump turned around and said, okay, everybody, it's payback time. Let's get all the Antifa and all the BLM, put them all on a list. Let's round them all up. Would people do that? Because no. that's no different. I don't, I don't, think, I don't so. think so. I don't think so. Because there's too many people like us that would say, would put, I would immediately put my hand up and say, you know, I've been putting my hand up for the J sixers thinking there's too many good people that would then, then to sit by and let this happen to these people. And there's very few of us trying to help them very few. And, and of course it's growing a little bit, but I think on the flip side of that, people would be eager to say, Oh, it's payback. I think we're stuck in such a cycle of tit for tat, you know, and, and, and the paybacks are never ending and, Oh, we're going to throw this one in jail. We're going to do this. And we never see anything. And it's just the build and the build. I look at every single thing that our government does now as test marketing, you know, a couple of years <laughs> ago at, 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 at CPAC, it was so obvious to me, Ted Cruz got up in front of the whole crowd and he said, Hey, everybody, you know, we probably saved millions of lives with the vaccine and everybody went boo. And then he said, but, <laughs> but. This is America. We have freedom. You don't have to take it if you don't want to. And they all went, yay. So, you know, there's some little guy over there with his pencil going, yeah, that was bigger. That one was smaller. Let's see which, how are the people going to react? So J6 <laughs> is that test market to say, how long will the American people let us hold hostages? That's technocracy. That's the whole thing. That's the whole thing. And they've got it down. They've got it down pat. Mm -hmm. It's a science of manipulation. I mean, that's what they do. Um, and it's all, uh, I, I, that's why I say we have to figure out, that's why shutting the lights off. The only thing that I think that is combating this nonsense 
is making sure this other information that we're putting out there gets out there. And we have to figure out how to get it out there more wide stream. We can't, we, we got to figure out other methods. It can't just be, you know, I mean, it can't just be from being, you know, we're conservative Christian or we're a patriot or we're, we have to come up with other messaging that is vanilla, but saying the exact same thing, yeah. you know, so that we can get to these other groups and they can wake up and go, yeah, this isn't right. You know, imprisoning innocent people. I, I might not like them, but that's just not right. What's well, we been happening? figure out how to get to them. It's been happening in other communities for decades. You know, other communities, you know, of color, of other persuasions as far as their activities, drugs, crack. You know, it, it, there's been That's this right. injustice forever. And, and our community really didn't do a lot about it. You know, we, we just kind of said, look, You're it's right. not our, our problem. We don't really have to. That's that's on y'all and y'all's community. This is one of those crossover moments that I believe that both sides could sit here and say, you know what? We're both tired of being the slaves to this. We're not going to be, you know, in this position because it's all about money. It's all about control. It's all about power, the probation, the commissary, the work program, the legal system, paying these attorneys, paying these courts and judges and fees and money, money, money. And and I think everybody's kind of ready for that change. And, and that's where even with stop hate, you know, I'm a Christian. I am a conservative, all these things. I'm not a Republican. You know, I, I will never say that again in my life because of the way things are politically, the uniparty. But, you know, when, when, when I did stop hate, I didn't want to put, you know, everything right in front about that was personally me. Stop hate is a universal thing. Everybody that's can right. understand. That's, We've that's all right. experienced hate. We all know what it feels like. We've all used it. You know, and, and we know all about it. It's just trying to find people that don't want to use it as a first response and where the programming has been so real for so long that, that it's just that knee-jerk reaction. That's the first thing we're going to do. It's the first, it's how we divide each other. That's why I don't want any more political parties at all. I just believe that if we got back to that American thing, we wouldn't have anything to hide behind to say no because I'm Democrat. No, because I'm Republican. Yes, because I'm American. We have to work on this issue. We have to come together. We have to this and that. And, and I hope over the next two to four years, we can collectively do that. And, and listen, we can beat the machines right now. We can beat the machines. We don't have to get rid of the machines to beat them. And people don't understand that all our life, people have said things that we haven't understood, that that, that we didn't know why. You know, And, and you can see that daily from where we are now, from where we were a few years ago, you hear more and more people say, I was born for such a time as this. I was made for that. I chose this. This is, you know, my time and all these things. It's because it's true, but the vote is no different. The power of the pen. As soon as you write on that ballot, it kicks it out of the electronic machine. All we do is write in our candidates and then we don't play the bubble game anymore. I'm not going to ever settle for the lesser of two evils and color a bubble in my life. Mm -hmm. I will write someone that I would choose before I will ever vote for someone that I would never choose. And I, and I think as a people, if we can ever get the simplicity of that to say, I'm taking my correct colored pen and I'm taking this piece of paper. So I know how to spell everybody's name in every district, every level, every state, every national, whatever it is. So I spell it right. right and I'm going to write these things in and I'm never going to dark another bubble in my life. I think we could take something back at that point. Cause look in school, they didn't teach us how to do our taxes. They didn't teach us how to fill out a job application, but they did teach us. We can make whoever we want prom King by writing their name, whether it's the nerd <laughs> or the jock, we can pick and choose who that is. And I believe that if we can 
make this system work for us. There's no more giving to the parties. There's no more raising money to get your name on about. There's no more getting a hundred thousand signatures. There's no more debates that they choose who's saying what, when, and how there's no more picking for them. They don't have control over who gets on those bubbles anymore because we have the power to write that in ourselves. And I truly believe if we could do a campaign like that, that and and listen, uh, I talked to Lloyd Brunson about it the other day, Dan, and and he said, David, you're absolutely right. It is that mm-hmm. simple. It is that simple. It's just retraining the people to say, I'm finished with your choices. I'm finished playing your bubble games. I'm not going to do this. Settle for lesser of two evils anymore, because that's all I've ever done my whole life. There's been very few times that I've filled in a little bubble because I really thought that Trump's one of the only people I've ever done that for. The other time it's like, well, I'm going to vote Republican or I'm going to vote for this guy because I hate that guy or I hate this guy less. And, And I really believe if we can educate people to use the power of the pen that we can take so much back and then some, what are your thoughts on that? I don't know. I I think (laughs) that's, I have to think about that one a little bit. I, I think we have so many things that we need to change the paradigm on with people that uh, I don't, um, I, I don't, I don't know if that I, we have to, we have some basic things that we have to change their mental perspective on and we have a lot of work to do and we'll be, we be able to do that. One thing that my city did that I was so proud of, they just took away the, the D's and the R's. There were no D's and R's in my entire city. And so people mm-hmm. just voted for people based on, they still had to fill out bubbles, but it wasn't a DNR. It was just a person. I thought that was great. I thought that was a huge step up. I mean, that could be maybe a stepping stone to it. As long as they understand who those people are. And that's the problem. A lot of times people will vote for a name because they're so ignorant of the candidates and the issues that they just say, well, I like that guy's name. Or, well, you know, but the, it's it. You're going to have some of that because, but most people right now would just vote for the D or the R. True. You get rid of that, and it forces people to go. Okay, who are these candidates? We have to at least go look and figure it out, instead of voting because of their Democrat or Republican. I thought that was one of the best things I've seen. I, I like that. that. Yeah, yeah, I think I like that, that would make a huge difference. And, and, and you then, know, long. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say that's a stepping stone to fixing a lot of things. I mean, that's a simple thing that we could do that would make a huge difference. That's right. Well, you know, a long time ago, it was it was different in the party lines. We, we There were definite things that made you a Republican or a Democrat. And that was back before every single thing had been politicized, you know, yeah. back in the 80s maybe early nineties, you know, not every single issue had been made a political one. So you you knew what a Democrat was, you know, and you knew what a conservative or Republican was the pro-life or the, you know, abortion, whatever there were, there were separate things. Now everything's so blurred and, and you don't know where somebody stands. You know, we used to think there were like five rhinos in, in the, in the conservative, but now we find out it's all but five <laughs> Are, right. are, you know, so we're really confused about who's who and switching parties and people are doing that. Now we see uh, who was it the other day, Kennedy, that said he's going to run. Uh, was it Kennedy that said he's going to run as a Democrat? Um, I can't remember who I think it was. But anyway, mm-hmm. and that flips everything. I, it, it's a strange world we live in. Well, and, and actually, 
<clears throat> sometimes it works out in the right way. I uh, in Arizona, Kirsten Cinema, uh, who was a pretty liberal Democrat, has all of a sudden gone independent. And boy, I'll tell you what, her votes are starting to uh, act a lot more like a populist. And as a result of that, uh, Arizona's actually got a little bit better foothold now than it would have had because it had two Democrat senators. And yeah. now it's got one independent and one Democrat. And she actually acts like she has a brain. Uh, do, do, does she have more support now too? Yeah, 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 she does. I can imagine she, that. It's I, she has more power in the Senate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, and the Democrats are having trouble with it. I mean, they really think she's a big traitor. Uh, and in fact, I think she's a more of a populist. I think she actually is trying to do more of the right thing for the people of Arizona. But isn't that what it's supposed to be? You're supposed to well, represent sure people. I mean, sure. at what point did they lose track of the fact that it's not about your party, it's about the people you represent? Well, when they and forgot. That's why I like dropping the whole party thing altogether. Yeah, they've forgotten they thought it was about their pocket, not the people. And then they had to pick a side so they could make the most money and do the most control. Yep. And so, you know, it's just like, just like the Patriot Act being used on us and just like the that's information right. war and just like everything that we're all on a list somewhere, folks, if you hadn't figured that out. But I think, Dan, I've even said on here before that. You know, unfortunately, it's like uh, mothers against drunk drivers. You know, you're never going to get involved with mad until your kid gets hit by a drunk. You know, I mean, that, that's just the bottom line. You're not going to look at that group. You might give them a buck or two once, twice, but you're not going to go to the meetings. You're not going to try to spread their message until your kid gets hurt or your family member. And, and, and this is the same thing we're with in the J6 situation. A lot of people don't want to face it. And we've been trying to say, hey, it's not just us. They're coming for anyone that stands out against Everybody. us or against the government. And they said, no, it's not true. And then the school board stuff, they go and say, we don't like CRT and the same FBI, you know, is banging on their door. So it, it's almost like a, a you know, the, the fire drill of saying we've got to do something fast. And now and, and getting those people to wake up, they're so entertained. And it's like my buddy Trent has always That's said, as long right. as you got T-ball on Tuesday and soccer on Thursday, and Applebee's on Saturday and you're nine to five, you know, what else do you need to worry about all this and, and getting people involved and motivated is the hardest thing, you know, and getting them to take action. So, you know, I'll do anything I can to work with you to enlighten and engage people and educate them on, on, on what we can do, solid concrete steps to, you know, and we always say local, local, local. I say it three times when I say it once, it's that important that people go to the school board meetings and go to your state and see what they're putting in the curriculum and go to your city council meetings and listen in, educate yourself, listen to the process, see what's going on. And you're going to hear a lot of stuff and, and want to get more involved just, just by being it. But, you know, we're not geared like that. We've been programmed to be entertained and to be, you know, whatever is for the happiness of, of mm -hmm. our pursuit, you know, and I, and I don't necessarily agree with that part of, you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I, I wish that people chose wisely and use their happiness to help other people and to serve and to do the things that are morally good and sound and correct, but, but they use it for self. And, you know, that's part of that Kool-Aid and that programming and, you know, getting back to the basics is something me and Dan talk about all the time. So it's, it's an interesting thing to see us get to the bottom. Uh, I think sometimes you have to, to, to start your, your progress back up on your steps yeah. to the top, but good grief. You know, this is a painful exercise. Well, it's like the, uh, it's, it's like being an alcoholic. 
nobody's going to make that decision for you until you hit rock bottom. And I hate to say it, but I think that's where we're at. We're going to have to hit rock, rock bottom in this country. And people need to understand. I don't know how more clearly I can say it. They plan to kill 93% of the people on earth, destroy them, get rid of them, and the remaining ones they plan to turn into transhumans. Now, what about that is not worth standing up and, and doing something about it? And yet people just don't want to hear that. It just, it's uncomfortable to, to them. Well, guess what? It's going to get a whole well, lot more uncomfortable. They don't understand. In, yeah, yeah, they don't get it. They just they don't, don't they can't, they cannot absorb that this could be true. They, it's that cognitive dissonance. It's just the, you guys are nuts. I can't believe it. It doesn't matter how much proof that you show. And so that that's the COVID. COVID was kind of a blessing in a bad way. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. I, I don't know how people couldn't wake up from some, all these millions of people who have all these side effects if we have the it's the best opportunity right it's really awful what happened you know it's uh, it's it's it keeps me up at night thinking about what they're actually doing but it's the best opportunity i mean if people aren't awake now i don't it's they're questioning stuff now we can reach people well alex newman was on with me uh, uh a week or two ago and uh, it's been a blessing for the homeschooling community because yep. when all those kids were home and the schools were locked down and they actually, the parents got to actually spend time with their kids and learn how little they were actually learning in the public school system, they realized what a, what a scam the whole education system was. And a lot of, I mean, it's like tripled the amount of homeschoolers in this country. That's right. That's but we great. Thought, I mean, we should get it. Half the kids should be homeschooled. Yeah, we, we, we always everybody's homeschooled. We thought it was for an education, though it wasn't. It, it was never. It was to make them good citizens. It's not to teach them to be creative and expand and explore and and and, and to excel at anything. It was to make them into good slaves, good citizens, and yeah, mm -hmm. good workers, good workers, not good citizens, good no, workers. That's a yeah. true story. So I, I think when we look at the big picture of the you know, the training and, and what it's all about. And look, just the way our society's built up, you know, the 40 hour work week, all these things, people live their whole lives and never get to use their skills and talents that they were born, their gifts, you know, and, and to minister to each other because, Hey, they got stuck in that rut of a job. They were doing something after high school and stuck with it for 40 years, you know, big deal. That was never their gift, you know, and they're missing out on, on, on a lot of joy that, you know, they could explore within their community by, by just thinking that's what they're supposed to do. We're trained for that. You know, we're all susceptible to that. That's the bad thing. But, you know, I, I look at, I look at my life as a carpenter and, and it's, it's made a lot of people angry because I'm a free spirit. You know, I don't punch a clock for somebody. I like being independent. I like doing what I do and going where I go. And a lot of people can't understand that they, they demand the structure and the control of someone else having that over them saying, you have to be here from this time to this time and you'll make this. It's that trade that, that people have gotten so comfortable with. And it wasn't like that 
you know, what, 100 years ago, 50 years ago, it's a lot different in the workforce. And we've seen corporations even change and take all the incentive out of putting 20 or 30 years in with a company because they're going to can you at the last minute. And, and, you know, you were talking about COVID being a good wake up call. I hope it is. And, and I hope that, uh, you know, we don't get the kind of fallout numbers that they're still talking about, but it sure seems that way. And and I don't know how people can sit there. If I was selling crack cocaine and saying, Hey, I'm going to give you free French fries. If you just buy this crack cocaine, uh, it, it, it's the same thing these guys did with the COVID shot. And we all went, Oh, free fries. Cool. Still drugs. Kids don't do them. And, uh, you know, it, adults fell for this stuff. You know, we're going to oh, get 200 bucks. Yeah. 200 bucks. Yeah. Or a lottery ticket, well, man. They're, you still, can... they're still falling for it in a yeah. lot of ways. You know, they're still protecting it, but a lot of it is just protecting their own egos now because they were stupid. I shouldn't yeah. use that word, but they fell for it. And mm -hmm. now they are ashamed. And so instead of being ashamed, their ego gets, it's all subconscious. They're protecting their own ego. So there's a lot of that. And so they're doubling down and embarrassed and, and there's so much money. They gotta, they gotta protect their system. If, if, if they come clean on this stuff, what does that mean? You know, there's millions of people suffering. What does that mean? It's, it, we have a day of reckoning coming. I don't, I don't know if we can heal as a country without a day of reckoning on this stuff. I don't think I, we I don't, can. I don't know if you can. I mean, this I is too big. You know, that's an interesting thing. We we have talked about this, Dan. Um, you know, even in my documentary, the second one, I said, you know, it's our dividing lines, the January 6th thing. Um, because the left thinks we did horrible things to police and the right says, we didn't do those things. It's a lie. And and nobody believes each other, you know, and, and it's like, that's our civil war. You know, our modern, we had people die. We had that emotional event that we didn't want, that we don't want again. Everybody, oh, civil war. And that's really not, if we'd wanted that kind of violence, we could have had anything we wanted that day. There were plenty of people. The police, I saw an interview with Tariq Johnson the other day, and he was the guy, the black cop in the red MAGA hat. And he even said, hey, we were way outnumbered, you know, and, and those people at mm -hmm. least acted peacefully because they could have done anything they wanted. That's what he said. And and to me, this is the big lie that, that we're going to have a hard time getting over. As far as that division, that that whole civil issue of mistrust, because the, the left literally thinks we did something to hurt and possibly kill. Most of them think we killed a policeman that day. And it's yeah, but come on. I mean, look what they did in Minneapolis. I'm from yeah. Minneapolis. Yeah. No, city yeah. For three yeah. days, mm -hmm. the, uh, lots of people died all around the country. They're burning down businesses and they're mad about one potentially one cop i mean it, it the hypocrisy is so extreme that mm -hmm. i just i don't i don't know if i feel so it's hard for me not to just be like these people are there's what's wrong with them they're the same people <laughs> that can't see the, the the millions that are suffering from the jab i mean yeah, at some that's, point that's right. what's wrong with you you know i mean i I'm, that's the point manipulated so much that they can't have compassion for that's others? the that's the point here's what i say to him how can you believe that about us how can you think so poorly of us that we would do that we've been the back the blue people when nobody else was you know when when mm -hmm. and, and y'all have heard us say that and and you're gonna believe these people that we did this when how can you believe we would do something so 
horrible and, and literally believe that we're not those people. And then we get mad and say, y'all would do that. Not a, see, it's no better. I mean, we can't weigh this out anymore. And, and I think that's where that, that mediation, we don't yeah, have, but how do you, but how do you get, I mean, if they can't see, have mercy for the millions who are suffering mm -hmm. from the jab, how, I mean, how do you deal with, I mean, there's a point where something's wrong if they can't put aside their ego and realize that these people are really struggling. I have a show on right now that says 30 to 50 million Americans are struggling alone. You know, where's the mercy? 30 to 50 million Americans are what is estimated to have some kind of side effects. I don't think that many people are actually aware of their struggling. I think there's probably, I don't know, there's millions. I mean, how can we have a situation where there's millions of people struggling and they won't, it doesn't matter, you know, and these are just not, this is from, these are all families. I mean, these are families in every, you know, a lot of democratic families, a lot of people of color, a lot of people who are white, a lot of, this is everybody. I mean, mm -hmm. I, so I don't know. That's not political. That's everyone. Yeah, that's spiritual. And we talked about that a little bit earlier, Sarah. I don't I, I, I don't think you were on with us yet, David, when we talked about this. But it it goes back to a spiritual thing where we have to recognize that it's no longer a matter of those guys or our guys or whatever. It's a, a thing that's wrong with our soul. And we need to we need to get right with our soul. We need to get right with our Creator. We need to recognize that nothing will ever be right unless we get right with our Creator. Just and simple. And once again, Happy Easter. You know, happy there's Easter. our hope. I mean, <laughs> I, Easter, I, I, yes. I just keep coming back to that, folks, because that's really all I have, and it's also all I need. And I think that's mm -hmm. back to the basic, you know, back to the basics that we talk about, you know, as a society, you know, what's really important. Is it the Applebee's on the weekend? Is it the the MTV back in the day? You know, is it the Kardashians? What is it that's important? What is your God, you know, and, and what's important to you? What are you going to put your time and your energy in? Because, hey, a good, good golf game's great, good swing. Memorizing those stats for all your sports teams, the trades, the drafts, what, what, what is, I don't understand it. I'm not just knocking that. Hey, it's cool. You know, everybody needs a hobby or something, but you know, we're losing everything if we don't do something, you know, immediately, like yesterday, like we always say, and uh, the more people active, the better we're, we're maybe at two and a half percent. If you ask me where, where we need to be at 10, like you said, I, I just don't see the, the, uh, you know, expedited nature of the, it. Nobody's, there's no emergency to them. They think they have time. And I'm telling you, this is all fine and good unless they turn the, until they turn the lights off. If they turn our it's, power off and we can't communicate and we're in fear and we're scrambling and we don't know what's happening, problem. that is the danger zone. And, and, and we know we're vulnerable in our grids. We know we're vulnerable in our water supplies. We know we're vulnerable militarily and in our hospital. We know right now is a, a very... A uh, trying time for our country. I don't think we've ever been in a position, of course, with such a you know horrible president, uh, least of our worries, I guess, at this point. But 
you know, we need to do something as a people to stand up. I'm, I'm totally active and interested in finding real-time solutions. Like I said, if the courts won't do what we need to, how how do the people, because listen, I know of a lot of congressmen and senators right now that know there were people that, that were murdered on January 6th, but the official story is that they died of natural causes or a drug overdose. Well, the fact that they're not reporting those to the officials as what they are means they can go to jail for three years. And I think if we made examples out of a couple of them that have known that these aren't natural causes and drug overdoses, that they were killed by the police. And if we went and threw them in jail and said, OK, we'll see you in three years. Everybody's going to say, where did so and so go? Well, they're in jail because they knew about a felony and didn't report it to the authorities as soon well, as possible. It. They're spinning it the other way that all the violence mm -hmm. was from <laughs> it was just yeah. and the whole January 6th committee, the whole Soviet show trial. They didn't talk about uh, any of the deaths, not one. Yeah, the Soviet show trial that we had was um I think was very traumatic for a lot of people mm -hmm. as well to watch our country do that. Yes. Yeah. Um, no question. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, that's why the people who can't see through that stuff, it's like, how can you not? I, I don't I don't know. They can't. Uh, that's why that's what causes civil war is because you have a group of people who are like, how can you not? How can you be OK with all of these people suffering? And these people are like, you guys are bad, bad, bad. And like, well, these people are suffering. I, I don't know. I I. I, I, we have to get to more of these people. I actually think that the media makes it seem like there's more people on this other side than there really is. Yeah. And that the majority of the people, the populist, you know, the majority of the people are common sense. I mean, mm -hmm. thinking like what we're thinking, we're more, we're more into it. We're much more engaged than the average person, but many more people see what we're talking about. And the media is what makes it seem like there's more people on the other mm -hmm. side. I really don't think that the country is as divided as they make us out to be. No, I and don't I think, and they can't. I love that. Yeah, and and I think that turning off free speech is what they're trying to do to make us seem to to, to intimidate us to step down to not do anything to not have courage. Mm -hmm. They're they're convincing people that. There's all, you know, because people don't want to go against all their neighbors and everybody else. It takes a lot of courage to go against everyone. And they're making you think that there's, and it's just not that way. Yeah, well, I tell everybody all, all the time, and, you're not throwing groceries at each other in the grocery store because you're different colors. You're not saying, get out of this store because you're not like me until I'm finished shopping. You don't see them <laughs> hurling, hurling uh, canned goods down the aisle because, hey, there's a different colored person. Get them. You know, it, it's just not real. And yet, if you were to watch the news and just listen to that and never been to the grocery store before in your life, you could picture that. You'd be like, oh, my gosh, those people of color, they hate each other back and forth. They must fight everywhere they see each other. It's so horrible. So in the grocery store, it must be like that. You know, I I, I don't understand. I don't get it. Well, well I, store. I have a, a little bit of a uh, leg up on you guys because I'm old. But um, I... I grew up in the 50s and the 60s, and we used to have these discussions about how in the world could the the uh, Nazis take over the country and convince the whole German people to follow and go along with all this stuff. 
how in the world could they ever have that couldn't happen in the United States? Well, guess well, what? We're watching it. Here yes. we are. Yeah. We're watching it. And and yeah. that's why and people it's propaganda. Maybe, and that's why people think maybe Russia will come in and, you know, liberate us. <laughs> save us you know and that's a sad situation is if we think that we need an outside force to liberate us because Mm -hmm. we've become nazi germany and um but we're scary close to that in a lot of ways i I just don't think we should expect anybody to save us though Mm -hmm. because we don't know what that saving us means we don't want them running us either well, we have to consider the mass formation psychosis, you know, and, and at the very top, who is that and what is that? And, you know, I worry, I don't worry, I wonder a lot about, you know, what the people would fall for and where it stops, what level, what's the top for this pyramid of power? In other words, who's the savior at the end of the day that's not the savior? You know, this is, hey, follow me, but let's go ahead and do all these bad things because that, that's really the, 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 the will of the people at this point is to be followers, those people and, and do as they're told, go get in line, stand in line for hours, get your shot, get your thing, get number three, four, five, you know, and sadly that, that my, the Bible says my people die from lack of knowledge and, and yeah, my it, people die from lack of knowledge. I, yeah. you know, I, I, I think that um, the ignorant ones will, die first, I guess. I mean, what are we going to do? I mean, because I've been fighting this to try to, I went on, I did this little mini documentary back in March, 2020, right when the vaccines were coming out. And I went on every show I could to educate people on the fact that they were censoring treatments and this thing was not um, tested. And so it made no sense what they were doing because there are treatments that are working. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't know. You know, it's been a long, grueling years, but people just didn't, you know, YouTube shut us all off. They're, they're the, um, Google is right in bed. The blood on Google's hands, the blood on the hands of these media companies is massive. I mean, I, that's why I say, I don't know if we can just continue without a day of reckoning because this is crimes against humanity and this is genocide. And we need to deal with some of this stuff to get to the next level. We either deal with it or we get taken over by it. Right. Yeah. I mean, we have to. We have well, it's to like you give your, your your approval and your acceptance at some point. Hey, this is just the way it is. Please don't kill me. You know, and I can't live like that. I'm sorry. And that ignorance thing. Uh, you know, unfortunately, the Bible doesn't say we save these people with knowledge. So we have that side of it to look at. There is going to be, you know, a toll. And, and unfortunately, not everybody will make it. So it's up to us to get as many people in the lifeboat as we can. I appreciate you doing that documentary to try to wake up people early. I was telling nurses and, and professionals what my opinions were early on. And they said, David, we just aren't there, you know, with that technology yet. And I said, are you sure? Because it sure seems to me that if all this adds up and sure enough, two years later, it's exactly probably even worse than than what I even thought it was. It was worse and, than what we were saying because we were we just didn't know. We were just warning. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a scary time, I tell you. And and safety in numbers, you know, and, and that's what J6 has definitely done is built a bigger community for themselves out of necessity, out of, you know, pain and patriotism. And and there's that support group and 
we're trying to add to the family all the time. We don't care if you're a J6er or not. It's it's a different network. It's a different group. It's a different motivation. And, uh, you know, it's not just hunted people, but a lot of us are. And, and we kind of jive together on that. We understand. But we're here to support each other. And, and that whole founding fathers thing, people don't understand, you know, George and Tom and all the, the, the founders, yeah, their life you know, their fortune and their reputation. Yes. We're all on the line. What is on the line for a J six or their life, their fortune and their reputation. There's no difference there. The difference between the J sixers is they could opt out at any point and take a plea, but they refuse. They refuse to bend the knee to tyranny and, and they're standing up like, no, that's why I really believe that whole political thing. If it's going to be a party, I'm dead serious. The J six party has a certain ring to me because it strikes fear into politicians and truth to the people that know it and, and getting over that hump, even that officer Johnson the other day said, this is that bump in the road that we have to get over because both sides are seeing this day differently. And we can't go on in the future. You know, if we can't get past this, the things that are happening, of course, with the Patriot act and the FBI and DOJ and all is unacceptable and unforgivable. And I agree with you, sir. There needs to be some real, you know, repercussions be, for that. There has to be a payday for that. Well, I think it's the people who are believe the propaganda. It's the propaganda people versus the people who aren't going with the propaganda. I mean, I, I guess that's kind of how I see it. But can I give a plug for my censored conference and my uh, United for Free Speech that we have going on? Yeah, absolutely. Please do. Yeah, because we have a conference on at April 28th. We have Act 2 and we have people talking about free speech. It's a virtual conference. And I have hundreds of people that I want to have talk at it. And this is just our act two. And we really have kind of taken it slowly at first because it's a ton of work. But we're trying to, we have act one that's already passed. And people can buy tickets now. It airs for free when it first airs. And then we have an encore where it airs. And then we ask people to buy tickets. And 100, I shouldn't say 100%. Almost 100% is going towards action to help us keep the lights on for free speech. We, mm -hmm. We're spending, you know, I'm volunteering my time. So many people are volunteers and we are um, just paying to get the conference, you know, edited and set up and produced and minimum costs. And we want to bring in as many, you know, as much <laughs> funds as we can and funnel it directly to action items. And mm -hmm. we're working with um, really good people. Tom Rents and Cynthia McKinney are also on the board with me. And mm -hmm. we are censored. Next censored conference is Act 2, and it's April 28th. And people will be able to watch it. It will be uh, streaming. It'll be at unitedforfreespeech.com. It'll be on all the free platforms. We'll probably be streaming it from Rumble this time. It'll be Rumble, um, BitChute, Odyssey, Brighteon, and Bastion are the five that we've really been focusing on. But we'll have it on any free speech thing. But yeah, they can watch Act 1 if they go mm -hmm. to unitedforfreespeech.com and purchase a ticket. And um, you can use the last name or, or any of the coupons of any of the people that were speaking. And they, they get a little bit, but the speakers were trying to promote, the, you know, uh, support these speakers who are all out there working and, and trying to help people. And you can save 25% or $25 on a ticket. It's $100 for a ticket. You save $25 if you use a coupon. And the, the money goes, they, they get $25. And so it helps them. Or you just pay 100 bucks and get a ticket and 100% of it goes to the organization. But we are really trying to um, make a difference and do things that matter. 
And um, one of the initiatives is helping um, with a Section 230 claim to get them to realize, get it to the Supreme Court. It's a Supreme Court action of showing that they're not, um, it's not that Section 230 is wrong, it's that they are applying it improperly and that we need mm -hmm. to get a handle on this instead of being this overall immunity clause where you can do, they can, big tech can do anything. They can, you know, we talk about some of the things that they've done um, under hiding behind this clause, because if we could get to uh, discovery, they can see the government collusion. They can see mm -hmm. the absolute uh, going against our constitution. I mean, we need to solve some of these problems. And so, and we don't just see it as legal, we see it as um, a three-pronged approach where we have to do the informing, which is what these conferences are. We have to do the legal and the lawfare, and then we have to do political action because all three together makes makes something work. And so that's what we're doing. And um, I hope you guys would support that. And we're oh, gonna have absolutely. more acts coming up. I, we really, I really wanna get, we wanna be united in this front with people from all walks of life. And mm -hmm. that's what our goal is. And it's just bring, keep bringing people up. Our next, this is act two, April 28th, and we'll have another one coming up in the future. We just, I just need a little bit of a break in between. <laughs> I guess we went five weeks, five weeks, need a little break. And then we'll have another one and do it, keep going and bring in new people and fresh people and just say, we're all united in this. That's dynamite. Absolutely. And I'll get uh, together with you off, off air and we'll get some more information. I'm sure you've got some promotional materials and stuff and I'll do what we I do. can to help with that. Uh, David, uh, we're, we're really out of time, but... I want you to talk about the American Gulag Chronicles and your efforts to try to fundraise for the families of the January Sixers. Well, that's the biggest thing on my heart is trying to support these families. Of course, the guys in prison as much as we can, uh, you know, commissary and such. But the American Gulag Chronicles is a book written by these prisoners themselves, about 35 of their different stories. Uh, just go to stophate.com, scroll down till you see the book link. Uh, there's other calls to action. Stophate.com slash J6, and uh, you'll see 15 or 20 different calls to action. Please get involved. Look around at what we're doing to try to help these people. Find out whatever your gift is, letter writing, prayer group, contact your senator, whatever it is. Give a couple bucks and uh, support our team as well at stophate.com slash support. And uh, go look at the documentaries that we put out on January 6th. Go look at the research. There's there's a whole research section from secret agents to Antifa and Bill, everything that you can imagine to get involved personally and learn for yourself, know and show yourself well proven. But Dan, just thanks for letting me on here. Sarah, it's a pleasure to meet you. I look forward to yeah, speaking with you again. You. I hope you go check out stophate.com, see what we're doing. We'll have something to talk about next time. Okay, well, I want to thank you both for being our guest today. And I want our audience to uh, remember this is the day of our salvation. We need to recognize that. We need to get on our knees and give the Lord our thanks for our salvation. But thank you again for being our guests and join us on Tuesday. From the lakes of Minnesota To the hills of Tennessee Across the plains of Texas Oh, from sea to shining sea From Detroit down to Houston hey.
Cause there ain't no doubt. 